I find this scientifically fascinating. You're listening to KUCI Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. Hello, computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the great robot wars. Anteater Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in 3, 2, 1. All right, we are back. That makes me want to go see Star Wars for some reason. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And standing by to join me on the second half of the show is Deborah Gillis, owner of the successful PR firm LA Media Consultants. Hi, Deborah. Hey, Janine. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for taking the time. I know you're so busy. Well, thank you for inviting me on. And how's your holidays been? Uh, great. A little hectic, but great. And uh, I'm actually loving this weather, even though it was 40 degrees this morning. <laughs> right, it was 36 by my house. So. And, and we have to say why we don't mind is because you're from up- upstate New York, right? Right, exactly, from Syracuse. Yes, where I went to school, so I know that wind chill. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Chicago. That's true. I've never been to Chicago, but um, I don't know if I'm brave enough. So. <laughs> So tell me about your background, how you became, you know, how you started L.A. Media Consultants. Well, you know, years ago I moved out here from New York. I, you know, I was looking to um, get into, you know, project development, like, you know, whether in TV or motion pictures. And you know, I was fortunate enough to be brought out here by, a, you know, a producer who had a production deal at Columbia Pictures. This was like in the mid-1980s. Right. And... Um, you know, from there, like, I worked my way through many development jobs. At one point, I was, you know, a, a director of development, you know, at 20th Century Fox for, you know, a company that was there. Wow. Um, you know, I had deals with, you know, places like Disney and Warner Brothers and, you know, many other, you know, some of the smaller places, too, like, you know, Artisan, which became Lionsgate eventually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, had a background in producing. And then, you know, I decided... You know, after doing a a round of independent producing that I wanted to be in acquisition. So, you know, like around 2001, I was hired by a Japanese media company, and I, you know, basically started, um, you know, a TV network there that was financed. Like in Japan, everything is financed through, like, the utility companies, through one of their phone companies. Okay. And then, you know, I produced an entertainment show for them that was American you know, filmmakers, you know, very high-profile people for Japanese and Korea TV. And then, you know, eventually they burned through their financing. And at the end of that, I decided to combine all the um, experience that I had, whether it was, you know, selling movies and the international market, Mm -hmm. development, public relations, and put it all into a media consulting company. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean... I started the company in my bedroom, like, in the year maybe 2004 or 2005, and, mm-hmm. you know, I've had a very good run. That's so. great. We were talking, because the theme of the show is Get the Funk Out, how, you know, it's a really tough industry. How did you, you know, keep yourself going through all these different changes? Um, you know, I always, you know, like, I looked at this, you know, as things as a way of, you know, I guess it was maybe the way that I looked at things a little bit, because... You know, even when I was a development executive, let's say, you know, like, because, you know, we weren't like um, the most, we weren't like Ridley Scott's company that everybody was giving things to, but we mm-hmm. had enough, 
you know, collateral where we would get, you know, people to come in the door and work with us that, you know, like you learned, um, you know, how to do a lot of different things very well so you could be successful and sell things. Right, right. So I kind of looked at things where a lot of people would look at as like, you know, maybe it's a bit of a detriment as something positive. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I always was able to use my skills to, you know, learn other skills too. That's good. Because when when time gets tough, you really have to be creative and think instead of negatively, you know, how can I make this work? Right, exactly. I mean, and that's pretty much the way I started this company because I remember I'd had an interview, you know, like um, Amy Pascal, who used to be, you know, the chairman of Sony, right? Right. You know, she had been my boss at one time, and so I went to talk to one of the executives about going back into maybe getting, you know, a job there, you know, but... Mm -hmm. You know, when I did this, I was in my mid-40s, and, you know, it's just, you know, like, it's, it's a, they don't really, it's, it was very, it would have been very difficult sure. for them to, you know, at that point. So, you know, I decided that what I needed to do was to be able to um, utilize, you know, all the skills I had and build something that, you know, I could make my own. And, you know, actually, I remember my first client I advertised on the Internet and, you know, within two days, I hit my first client, and it sort of, like, has not stopped since then. That's great. I mean, you really knew how to market on, you know, Internet, social media. You know, you take this situation of where some people might say, you know, what are you doing? And you'd really spin it. Right, exactly. You know? And, you know, I was very, you know, I've just been very lucky. And then... A lot of times I got projects that enabled me to work on so many different dimensions with them mm-hmm. that, it, you know, it's sort of, you know, and that helped open the door for more business, too. Right. What are some of the uh, exciting projects and clients you've worked with? Well, I worked on, um, you know, a documentary about the whale from Free Willy and sort yes. of from an early stage. I'm on the board of a local film festival, too. So I met them through that festival and I represented the movie there and, you know, it was called Keiko, um, the untold story of the star of Free Willy. And then they had a tremendously successful film festival run. Right. And then, you know, in um, 2013, we decided to do a launch of, you know, they did a high-definition version. So we did it in, in tandem with the 20th anniversary of Free Willy, and we created this amazing event to launch the film at the Egyptian Theater with you know, school kids, oh, and, you know, it was a Beyond the Bell project, and, you know, the, uh, the original, you know, stars of Free Willy came, and, you know, great photo op, and then right after that, you know, we ended up getting them a deal on Animal Planet for the film, so that, to me, it was exciting from the um, perspective is that we were able to be successful in a lot of different areas, and now they're launching their iTunes you know, campaign after the first of the year. And what I also like about it, it's connected with a nonprofit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really like, I mean, there's a lot of different aspects of the project that create value. Right. Um, There was another movie, Mighty Fine, that I, you know, did the, um, you know, did the Lionsgate. It was the non-theatrical launch of like the digital and video on demand and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it had um, Andy McDowell in it and Chaz Palminteri um, and, it was, you know, really, a, it had, a, you know, great actors. It had a yeah. sort of a Holocaust theme because the filmmaker, Debbie Goodstein, you know, her mother is a Holocaust survivor. Uh-huh. So she, you know, it was, it was not like totally autobiographical, but there were elements right. in it. And, you know, because um, Lionsgate was going to release the movie around Mother's Day, 
we ended up getting um, the, you know, the Museum of Tolerance to do a special screening of it, you know, right on the same day. Um, it was, you know, and what wow. that enabled us to do was, you know, it's not just because of um, doing that one screening, because really only 300 people can get in, yes. but their database is so huge that the people, you know, and all over the world that, you know, Lionsgate decided to expand their um, release to worldwide and not just the United States. And, you know, we had a great screening, you know, at the Weisenthal Center, cast members and, you know, the director and the the producer were there. We had a great Q&A. And it was a really wonderful evening, and I thought that was a very successful project. And I read about um, on your blog, on your blog, on my blog, uh, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, I put your bio, War on Kids. Why does that sound familiar? That was an award-winning documentary, wasn't it? Right, and it was about, um, you know, the bad school systems in the United States. Oh, okay. And then, you know, actually, Kevin just finished his latest documentary that I've gotten a couple offers on, too. So. Okay. And that's about, you know, Gilligan's Island. But it's, you know, it's from the point of view that, you know, that Sherwood Schwartz, you know, created the show on his comment of, you know, that it was basically to show the good side of communism because of the way they all had that communal lifestyle yes. and, you know, got along and, you know, that the rules of society were broken. You're in a really exciting uh, time and in an in industry because you're, constantly meeting actors and filmmakers and i can imagine it's really a great thing you have going on right um yeah i mean next week i'm in palm springs because one of my clients is starring you know in a film that's you know doing its north american premiere there which was actually the pakistani you know official um oscar entry right you know this year i mean you know there's i mean i'm my business is very fortunate because you know i also you know, a lot of times build strategic alliances and representation teams for, <clears throat> you know, actors and writers and directors. So that's like another aspect of what we do. That's great. Were people saying to you at one point, um, you know, what are you doing? You know, you're sure you know what you're doing? Or are you always so positive? Um, what about this business yes. or just in general? Well, I can say in, maybe in general. Well, when I first moved out here, my family thought I was crazy. <laughs> so I think that was Don't like, families oh, always think we're crazy? <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, like, but when I, I, yeah, I guess so. I think a lot of people, you know, I mean, it's, it's very hard when, you know, a lot of people don't feel like that it's, that it's difficult to launch a business, I right. guess. Right. I mean, and, and, you know, and, but for me, it, it was, you know, really, you know, I, I felt like things fell into place that it was actually the right thing to do. That's great. It, because there's an element to myself that I really like to help other people, too. Sure. So, you know, this is, the, you know, in this business, it's, you know, because not all, like, some clients of mine are, you know, highly, you know, very high profile, but there are a lot of people that aren't, that, you know, that their their careers are being launched, you yes. know. So. Yeah. Tell me about your background, because uh, you taught at USC, correct? Well, I did, when I was a 20th Century Fox, I would go in and teach their pitch classes. I mean... Most recently, I actually lectured a class at Columbia College. I've done that at UCLA. Um, you know, I started, I went to the University of Miami, actually, and, you know, studied mass communications and drama, and then, you know, later moved to New York City, where I was very active in the theater. And which, But it got to a certain point where I felt like I really wanted a change. I wanted to move to the West Coast. I wanted to, you know, be in the film business. Right. So, you know, I was lucky a producer at Paramount, 
introduced me to, you know, two women that he was friends with, and each were, you know, very successful producers. And one of them, you know, actually encouraged me, brought me out here. And then, you know, through her, you know, like I started to, you know, network with different, you know, agencies and people that I knew. And I was able to, you know, get work pretty quickly. I worked, you know, started as a reader at a place called Leading Artists, which today is United Talent, so probably oh, yes. one of the biggest talent agencies in Very the world. Big. Very big, yes. Right. And then, you know, I kind of, you know, I worked in different development jobs and then went on to be an independent producer, you know, when, you know, like in the late 1990s, and then, you know, went to work as an acquisition executive for that Japanese company, and then from there started this business. What's interesting is that you are able to have the perspective of perhaps the actor, the writer, based on all those things you've done. Yeah. You know. Well, it's also because, you know, I can see both sides of the story. Like, I can see, like, what, you know, in the case of an actor, you know, what the agent that is looking for the client or the casting director yes. or the manager might be thinking. But I can also, com- I'm very compassionate towards, you know, their perspective, too. And it's good to have somebody in the middle yes. that can, you know, sort of, you know, help, you know, guide you mm-hmm. to where you want to be. And, this, you know, the same thing really with writers. I probably have a greater understanding of them having worked all the years in development. Right. But, you know, I even said to, you know, a former client I was talking to her on the phone yesterday, and she was talking about a lot of her projects. And, you know, I was very clear with her. I said, I think, you know, you need to change this script this way because, you know, you want, to, you want where there's a market for it. It's hard, like... You know, if you write something and it's in betwixt and between, it's going to be very hard for somebody to figure out what they're going to do with that. Right. No, you have to, uh, you know, I always mention this. I went to the UCI screenwriting program, and I started something, and then I rewrote it, and then I looked at what was going on in the world and characters and just the relationships of people, and I completely changed the dynamic of my characters based on what was going on. Right. You know, because you want to make it marketable. Right, exactly. And, you know, like I, whenever I give advice, a lot of times people are, you know, reluctant. But, you know, I can, you know, because I'm interacting, you know, with buyers, with, you know, producers and with like networks or film, you know, mm-hmm. um, studios, you know what exactly they're looking for and where there's a place for it. And if there's really not and you're somebody that's not that known, it's going to be really difficult. Sure. I mean, you know, and it's also you don't get like, you know, a thousand chances. Like once you're in a database and your writing comes up, it, you know, your script might be covered. And they say, you know, it's you know, either mediocre or not that good or, you know, there's a lot that there might be. I mean, it's very hard to get, you know, because that's the first thing a person's going to do when they get your script is to kind of do research. And, see and now it's easier yeah. than ever. So Right. So you're saying for the, for the first time out, a screenwriter that's not known you know, you're, you're writing your first screenplay, it's really hard to get out there. Well, I think that, you know, I think you have to, you know, like put your best foot forward. Yes. And, you know, have strong characters, you know, great dialogue, you know, a compelling plot line. I mean, and don't try and mix genres. I mean, right. you know, try and figure out where exactly that, you know, film can sell. I think that, you know, really good writing will stand out. Yes. Yes. But you have to also make it, you know, like be your own best advocate and say, you know, where can I get this to be? You know, where's a great place to sell it? I'm, yes. that's, that would be my best advice. 
Now, you're very involved in the La Femme Film Festival. Could you tell me about that one? Yeah, it's a festival that started like 11 years ago. The founder is a woman named Leslie Lepage who had, you know, been involved in slam dance and I think also the New Orleans Film Festival, mm-hmm. you know, as well. Um, she started this, you know, 11 years ago, hope, you know, wanting to bring, you know, greater light to, you know, women filmmakers, whether it's, you know, directors, writers, producers. And, you know, so every project that's submitted in any of the categories, you have to have a woman in at least one of those roles. I mean, this year, you know, I had brought in CBS as a sponsor, their diversity department. Oh, yes. And, um, you know, they have, they are in the process or will or might have, I'm not sure, but, they're, you know, they are meeting with the woman who won directing the best short film because they thought that she would be good for a series. And then two That's of great. the one that won for best pilot, TV pilot, and the runner-up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so out of all, you know, three women have gotten into the network because of, you know, that sponsorship. That's fantastic. No, it's really, it's, it's a great festival. I mean, I'm in charge of the educational aspect of it, like the, the um, panels, and those are like, you know, for anybody. I mean, that's, it's, you know, if it's, you know, I think for a SAG member or any union member, it's either free or something like $30 for the two days. Oh, that's good. Right, and it's, what you know, you get the greatest panel, you know, people on the panels that give out great information, and you even have a chance to go in front of a group of professionals and pitch your project and, you know, get an evaluation. It's, it's, you know, it's a great festival. They have a great, you know, opening night party, a great, you know, gala afterwards, and they honor um, different, like, you know, we've honored people like Angela Bassett, Virginia mm-hmm. Madsen, um, you know, Jacqueline Bissett, you know, some, you know, directors as well, and, you know, um, Holly Wearsma, who's a very prolific independent film, you know, did the Dallas Buyers Club. So we've had over the years, you know, a lot of different, you know, high-profile network executives, Sarah Risher, who was one of the founders of New Line. Oh, yeah. You know, they've, you know we've honored them at our gala. And I think that um, also um, through the networking parties that, you know, we've had at the festival, people have gotten deals. And just an aside, this year we've decided to even continue that, and every month, you know, we're going to have like a mixer, you know, like that, a monthly mixer get together, so filmmakers and people can network. To that help was my next question. Excuse me. That was my next question. Do they have ongoing events? Because I think I missed the festival this year, and I thought, oh, I want to, I want to come check this out. Right. We're, we're going to have an event, and I'll give you the info sometime later in January. It's like I think the um, the alternative, if you're not at Sundance, okay, you know, and we're going to have it sometime somewhere in like Mid Wilshire area, and you know, we're okay. going to. Um, you know, start launching those on a monthly basis where people, you know, can network and get together and sort of, you know, like, I mean, it helps us in terms of building our, you know, attendance list for the fall, but it helps right. other people because, you know, they get to interact with other filmmakers from the community. No, it sounds good. I'd love to check it out. So or maybe send me the info and... Uh... No, definitely. Okay. I promise you I will. Uh, if people have, you know, we want to follow up with you, um, what's the best way to contact you? Well, they can either do it. My website's currently under reconstruction, but that will be up in, I'd say, probably in the next couple of weeks, and that would be lamediaconsultants.net. Okay. But um, you can also send me an email at lamedia16 at att.net, or you can go on my Facebook page or LinkedIn, Deborah Gillel. So.
And finally, any advice for people? We're, we're about to, you know, kick into two, 2016. Any advice for people that want to get involved in what you're doing? Right, and what I'm doing or what they're, like, you know, what, what want to work with me or they want to? No, probably want to work in the entertainment industry. Okay. I think that, um, you know, the most important thing is, you know, find your strongest suit and just start with that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, a lot of people go, like, I'm an actor, but I'm also a writer and I'm, you know, a producer. I mean, I had friends, and you know, here's an example. They were, um, you know, young guys, and they probably all together spent $5,000 on this short film called Night of the Slasher, <laughs> and um, it was shot in one of the people's houses mm-hmm. in the valley. Um, the directors <laughs> were super talented, and, you know, the actors, but, you know, they all wrote it, they, you know, acted in it. To date, it's been in, um, uh, what do you call it, in probably 100 film festivals, an wow. open screen fest in L.A. It's, I mean... And through that, the director, I mean, because, you know, his strongest suit was directing. It was hard for him for a long time to raise money for his feature projects. But, you know, he has a feature version of this script, of the short, you know, how he wants to do it. And he's met with Bloomhouse. He's met with Dimension. He's met with ICM. And that was like, you know, but his, you know, he could use, he could capsulize his strongest suit. You know, he went into a genre that's very, um, you know, it's, that's probably the easiest genre to break into, to be honest, because oh, it is? it's horror. Oh. <laughs> you know, and I mean, it, and it's also not a really gory, gross horror movie. It's very clever. You know, okay. it's almost comedic in a way. That's so, good. That's good. Um, so I would just say that, you know, find what your strongest suit is and, you know, the best way to get yourself out there, whether you, you know, you have a great screenplay in you, you know, write it. I mean, people. Good writing will always rise to the top because, you yes. know, people, it's not an objective. You know, it's, you know, people read it and they see it on the page. That's right. That's right. I want to thank you so much for calling in, and I look forward to meeting you. Well, me too. So when next time you're up in L.A., you know, give me a, co- a shout. We can go grab coffee. I would love that, Deborah. Right. No, that. thank you, Janine. And I hope you're that so you welcome. have a really super, you know, gear, you thank know, you. great New Year's. Thank you. And I want to come check out the La Femme festival or just any events so send me that info i'd love it okay yeah as soon as like we're booking the place i'll definitely email you all right great all right happy new year happy new year to you okay. sweetie have a great day thank you bye okay bye-bye that was deborah gillis joining us she's owner of a very successful pr firm la media consultants if you missed any part of the show we'll be up on my blog which is get the funk out show.kuci.org if you want to find out about being a guest it's really easy all you have to do is send me an email to janine j-a-n-e-a-n-e that's j-a-n-e-a-n-e at KUCI.org. Up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. He's standing by to take over. Have a great Monday, everybody, and Happy New Year. I'll see you in 2016.